It's an absolute pleasure today to have a main man, Brian uh, Keen, straight out of Ireland on the podcast. For uh, I think this might be the third time you've been on now, Brian. So thank you I very much. Know. We've done a few. Like between the two podcasts now, we're definitely up on four or five, I think, between us. So uh, thanks so much for having me back on. No, it's a pleasure. So like for me, Brian, like what I love about chatting with you is it not, it gets me massively G'd up because you're super positive. Your mindset's super strong. And with a lot of the shit that's going on in the world, I know a lot of our like listeners and audience could do with a bit of a pep talk and a bit of a G up to try and get fired up to try and make the best of the situation and not just survive, but thrive during the quarantine of uh, the coronavirus. So uh, whole point today is trying to get everyone some positivity more of an action plan or thoughts about what they can do during this phase. Because as we were just saying off air, this is a phase. This is not the reality for the next like five years. This will be a little blip. Um, so how, how have your experiences been so far? I personally, I've been lucky enough in terms of my life hasn't been massively disrupted in the sense that I live in the country, my business is online. So I've been lucky in that sense. But what I've been really focusing on either my content online or with the people that are coming through my programs at the minute is keeping a positive spin on things. As you said, like we're lucky. And this is one of the reasons I love chatting to you, Charlie, because you're so positive on everything too. It's a positive spin on everything. And I think that's really what the world needs at the minute because the truth is, as you said, it's a phase. Like this will pass. Like I'm, I've always been a big believer in, you know, the Chinese word for crisis is split into danger and opportunity. I'm like, we know the danger. Like, and it's so true. I'm like, there's opportunity there for everybody. Like, and it, it's regardless of whether you are looking to get, like, this is what I try to put a spin on. Cause I work with personal trainers building the business and I work with people who are trying to get in shape and the people in my programs trying to get in shape. I'm like, but this is now your perfect opportunity to get into the best shape of your life. I'm like, there's no distractions. I'm like, if you want to train twice a day, you can. I'm like, if you want to just like work and train like a professional athlete, you can. I'm like, you have that opportunity now because all that distraction that was there beforehand, life, social calls, work, family, etc. I'm like, to be honest, that's all kind of gone to the back burner for now because we're on self-isolation and quarantine. I'm like, now you could train and like really focus on that if you wanted to. And it's just flipping people's mindset that there's opportunity here if you decide to see it. Like one of the things I've been telling personal trainers and coaches is start taking your clients online. I'm like, now you have an, a perfect chance to start building your online business and you will have an alternative revenue stream in six months time and you'll be able to help even more people who can't get to you geographically. I'm like, there's opportunity here for everybody. You just have to choose to see it. You know, what, whatever that looks like for you, realize that if you're spending six, seven, eight hours watching the news and all the death statistics and all the terrible... Oh man, that's for Charlie. Like we're positive guys. That would fry our brains. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's why like, I don't know if, like, if you do the same, I probably, I flick on the news. I watch probably like two minutes of the news a day just to get a brief gist of what's going on. And then I say, oh, I, I don't look again. I don't want to know. And I don't go scrolling through Facebook to see Mary down the road's opinion on how many deaths there's been and whether the curve's been flattened or whatever. Like, because in reality, you stressing about that and worrying about that is not going to have any effect on the outcome. Well, it's control the controllables. I'm like, you can't yeah. control any of that. Like, and the truth is the news, like I get it. Like I get, I 100% get that the news has to put out the statistics. It has to put out all the fear mongering because it has to get people to take responsibility Action. for their own action. And I'm like, yeah, I totally get that. But you can control how much of the news you're consuming. I have a similar protocol to you. I have 10 minutes in the morning, first thing in the morning, because for me, I can handle bad news better in the morning. Um, like I tend to not do so well with bad news in the evening. I'm like, oh my God, the world's going to end. So I try and get any bad news out of the way in the morning. When I'm fresh, I'm rested. I'm like, oh, 
I can have a go at it. I still have my coffee I'm going to have. I'll do a workout. I'll feel fine after. So if there's bad news in those 10 minutes, I'm like, I can handle that. But that's it then. You know, I shut it down after that because, of course, like, you know, I put up a post on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, don't plant apple trees and expect or apple seeds and expect oranges to grow. I'm like, don't consume several hours of news media. and think you're going to have a positive mindset because you're not. That's planting apple seeds and expecting oranges to grow. I don't know if interestingly you notice the difference. I've spent a lot of time in America this year when you were allowed to travel around. <laughs> and uh, I shouldn't joke. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah, joke. Going to the country right now. I shouldn't joke. Um, and I know it's a massive difference in between like the American news compared to, say, for example, the British news. So like, if you watch the American news, it's very factual and evidence based. Where like the British news is just another like spectrum of crap. So like I've heard the word like Piers Morgan using the word apocalypse and things like, that, and you're like, like hold on, like, a few people are dying. And I appreciate it's really bad, but like we're a long way from the apocalypse. Like talk about exaggerating things and fear-mongering like it's responsible in my opinion yeah perspective like realistically this is going to sound so bad i'm going to get so much hate for this but i'll say it there's probably going to be a reduced death in the irish in ireland as of now because of the less amount of people on the roads i'm like so road deaths have gone way down so in terms of a net and that's and i don't say that to belittle the coronavirus at all like it's, it's it's do yourself isolation do all those things that you need to do as a responsible citizen you know but put it into perspective like the truth is if they if every death on the road and every car crash on the road was put front line and sinker on every single newspaper and every single news media you'd never go into your car and this is just the equivalent of that and realize that that's all it is. And you have to set up systems in your life to not be bombarded with that media. You know, the apocalypse, it's going to end all this stuff because that's what's going to come your way. And the truth is like, that's what sells. Like, you know, if you're trying to sell a newspaper, it makes sense to talk about the apocalypse. Or if you want to have a broadcast on a new show, it's like, bring on Pierce Morgan and tell you the world's going to end. I'm like, you're going to watch that. So it's up to you to not watch that. Go watch fucking Ozark or Narcos on Netflix. Like you'd be way better for it. <laughs> And it's like one of those things I'm a bit of a statistics nerd because I think data doesn't lie. But like if you look at things on a, a global scale, and again, this is not downplaying coronavirus, it's obviously a terrible thing, but like 75,000 people die a day from starvation. Like yeah. 400 people died in the UK, I think, yesterday or today from the coronavirus. To, to like talk about scale of like problems. And, and that helps because like, and I and as I said, I feel like we have to reaffirm this over and over again, so that it's not taken out of context. That it's not it's it's not a belittling of the coronavirus or COVID nineteen or anything like that. But perspective, I'm like, if you gave me this was the choice between this or World War Two, I'm like, I'd rather you know have the coronavirus and go oh, on me. lockdown and and chill out and train twice a day for then yeah. you know to be Watch worried about TV, about sit the sofa. About. Yeah, like it's it exactly like it's it's perspective and. You know, if you give me this choice of this, the bubonic plague where most people were dying when they got it, I'm like, oh, like, it's just flipping your mindset on it. Like, you have to be able to take the positive situations out of a negative situation. And this is an obviously a negative thing for everybody. The world's on lockdown. Yeah, it's not ideal. But, like, complaining about it doesn't change it either. Exactly. I was on a podcast last week with a friend of mine. Um, and he's like, you know, what are you doing around the coronavirus? You know, is it a pain in the ass? Whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, but complaining is not going to fucking change it. I'm like, I can sit here and give out about it. I'm like, that doesn't fix it. I, all I can do is, right, I can focus on my day, getting my routine right, spending more time with my family. You know, I've started writing my third book earlier than, than expected because I have the time now. You know, that training time that I was training for an Ironman, I've scaled that back now and I'm writing the book. So everyone has a version of that. 
something that they want to do now that they didn't have time for before, learn a language. You know, one of my friends is figuring out how to play chess. All of these things that you couldn't do before, you now potentially can spend more time with your family. So try and focus on that because whatever you focus on is what's going to expand. 100%. I think like that's where you have to take the positives in this scenario. Even I'm trying new stuff like, sounds a bit weird, but I never really used to cook much of my food like or put much effort into it. So now like, I'm trying to be a bit more creative with my food and like I've got loads of recipe books I'm actually like that I, I've created and I'm using some of the recipes out of the recipe books and like enjoying that process of my own food a little more. I love that. What any any jump out to mind? Any particular recipes that you're like, oh yeah. That's, uh, I made like a chicken after Corona. <laughs> they're, all pretty, they're all pretty like clean as we like, I made like a chicken cob salad on uh, Saturday night that was probably for about ten people, which I ate to myself. And then uh, I had like uh, slow cooked beef ribs yesterday, they were pretty banging. Um, so like, yeah, I'm trying to work through like one or two a day. So it's uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's just trying yeah. different stuff. That's gonna be like I would totally follow that content too because your training stuff is great on Instagram. I'm like I would totally follow your meals. I'm like I want to look like Charlie. I'm like I was eating right now. <laughs> it's interesting. I just try to adapt everything a little bit to what I'm doing. And I, it, like obviously you need to have control with your food, but we, like in my opinion, providing the ingredients are general like generally single ingredient items, and you're not too far off your macros. Like it doesn't you don't have to be too anal on things to like oh I had an extra five grams of fat here or an extra fifty calories like realistically like interesting actually out of this scenario i'm actually more active than i was before because i'm going for a walk for an hour a day because i'm out for an hour and i'm training and uh i'm filming a lot of content for clients so like i'm actually probably doing more exercise than i was before which gives me more leeway to eat a bit more generally so positive in every situation i'm like exactly everyone has versions of that you know and that's what whatever that looks like for everybody listening i'm like focus on the positive focus on the new time. Like I, you know, time is the one thing you're not getting back. You can make more money. You can make more this, that, and the other, but you're not getting time back where now you've been given time out of nothing. What do you want to do with it? I'm like, you know, you should be better. Or at least my mindset is from my personal experiences. I want to be better coming out of this in three, four, five, six months, however long it lasts than I was going into it. I just stay focused on that day to day. Like the way I look at it is I'm trying to set up infrastructure for everything I do so that when this goes back to, to normality, which it will, as we said, this is already a phase that I have all these massive tasks and projects ticked off. So they just automate, hit the ground running. And then not that I don't have to do anything, but like a lot of the hard mileage is done. So the same as you write in your book, like that's a lot of work. And probably the fun bit is probably you promoting it and talking about it and stuff like that. Whereas I imagine like sometimes it's probably fairly laborious trying to, you might get a bit of writer's block trying to write put the content together for it. Whereas now it gives you a clear window of opportunity to be like, I can focus on like smashing this out. Do you, do you have, have you, I bet you have, cause I know what you like. Have you set yourself specific goals for like during this phase? Cause like I'm sitting here with a, a whiteboard with lockdown projects with an underline and 21 tasks. I have it right in front of me. I have it. Oh, mate, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Right in front of me. Um, I got one of them off the ground today. I had um, an online business course that I've been in the last three months designing uh, for personal trainers to move their business online, pure look at the draw in terms of time. I'm like, what a perfect time to launch a course on how to move your business online in a month. Or less. That's that danger opportunity thing again. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. It was right there. And we launched it today. That was on my list. That was the top of my list because everything was created. It was just doing the sales copy and the promotion, etc. Now is what we're doing. Running the beta group through. Um, I have the book chapter on there. Um, I've got training videos. I've got just a list of things because it helps. Like one of the, and I'm not sure if you're the same as me. I know you definitely are in terms of tracking things day to day. 
But writing down what you want to achieve over the next couple of months is so important regardless of any time, but especially now when if you let your day kind of go by default, it's very easy to get up really late, not do that much work, watch hours and hours of Netflix, you know, and get, you can, your self-esteem and self-worth can drop very, very low, very, very quick if you fall out of a routine of working out, going for a walk, doing something productive during the day. So not to fall into that trap, because I get it, like it's easy. You know, you stay in bed an extra little hour, you get up and have a bit of a crappier breakfast, you know, and then you watch something on TV and then you throw on another Netflix series and before you know it, it's evening time again and you go to bed and you're in this routine, bad food, and you get into that negative feedback loop. And the way to get a work against that, as you said, is drawing up a list of things you want to achieve over the next month, over the next three months, over the next five months, and then breaking it down day to day. What are you doing day to day? Are you doing something similar like that, like a to-do list or anything along those lines that's kind of helping you keep accountable through the day? Yeah, 100%. I think um, a big thing for me is like, I'll be open and honest, I get a bit anxious about things because I'm very impatient. So like I feel... The most challenging thing for me with this situation at the moment is that it feels like it slowed me down, if that makes sense. So I feel like I'm trying to drive a car with a handbrake on um, and it's like skidding all over the place because I'm like trying to drag it up the hill. And uh, for me, I have to almost like reassure myself on a lot of things. So I've got um, something called the High Performance Planner, which is basically like almost like a journal diary where at the start of the day, I write what I want to achieve, my top three tasks of the day stuff that has to be done. And basically it's a lot of it's like emotional and mindset stuff at the start of the day. And at the end of the day, and it's actually very, very good because it gives you, I never really give myself credit for stuff. I tend to be quite harsh on myself that I don't progress stuff. But when you've put the start of the day, these are three major tasks I want to complete. And at the end of the day, you basically have to review what you've done. You're like, Oh shit, I've done all these things. Like these weren't done. And you, you start stringing today together, like successful days like that. And then, for example, if you do this for three weeks solid where you're locked at home, like if you, from a fitness side of thing or from a business side of thing, you can have a completely new body or set of habits or a completely new business if you can set that structure up and be consistent with it. Yeah, like that's the thing. When you're, one of the things I tell people all the time, anytime I'm at seminars or giving talks on mindset or anything along those lines is like confidence is built by keeping small promises to yourself every day. I'm like, that's it. You know, so I yeah, like writing down your tasks, as you said, in a journal or on a notepad or whatever it is, and then looking back at the end of the day and going, oh, like I actually did those three things, or I did these two things, or I did this one thing, or whatever it was, that's going to build confidence over time. Like, and just doing that repeatedly, and before you know it, over the space of three, four, or five weeks, you've got a new habit that's going to stick with you when times go back to normal. I'm like, it's the perfect opportunity now. And again, throwing that word around there, but it's true. It's the perfect time right now to start building those habits. It's like, right, cool. What kind of habits do you want to build? The cooking's a great example, like you said. <laughs> like a lot of people are like, ah, I don't have time to cook. I'm like, well, now you got time to cook. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to do it, you know, follow Charlie's lead and start ed- educating yourself on preparing m- meals and making different meal preparation and educate yourself around your nutrition. And then that's going to serve you in September, October, November when, you know, potentially, I don't know when this, I'm far from an expert on coronavirus. I don't know when it's going to go back to normal, but it will. That much I do know, like through thousands of years of human civilization, we've been through epidemics, we've been through pandemics, we've been through wars and we've came out the other side and we'll come out the other side on this as well. But if you can come out of it better, having built new habits, that's going to serve you for the next 10 years. 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. Interesting, like another habit of like trying to, like, interesting, I'll talk about this book like a lot recently, it's High Performance Planet. It has one thing in it, which is like, um, what are you going to do today, which is going to scare you or it's like outside your comfort zone and things like that. So like, 
from a training side of things, because I'm a training nut and I love training, it's like I'm using this opportunity to try different movements and try different things. And my neighbor who does a lot of CrossFit, um, I'm basically, I've, I've never really been able to front squat. I've been learning to front squat. So like last week I could barely do it. I managed to like finally get like the whole like bent wrist grip. You're a bodybuilder uh, front squat. The same yeah, as I you couldn't, like I could, yeah, but I couldn't hold the weight. So now I've managed to get my like, the like sort of Olympic style front squatting lift and like my goal was to get up to 140 kilos in three weeks. So like last week I struggled with like 60, then I went up to 80. I got up to 120 today. And it's those small little like wins in your head. You're like, but it's giving me a purpose. And if you're like, if you, for me, like if you don't have a purpose in life or in a passion, then you like, you have no reason to get out of bed. So like whether it's your business or your training, it's like for me, I was looking forward to that all day to try front squatting to see what I could do and to try and push myself. And I think that's really the key is people finding their purpose during this window. And, and you, and the thing is with, for some people, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, for some people, they'll be very clear on what their purpose is. As soon as it goes, like, as soon as the world went on lockdown, I was like, right, cool. Start writing a new book. Like it's instantly like uh, quarantine, self-isolation. I'm like, right, cool. I have this goal that I wasn't going to start in September. I'm going to move that forward now because I have the time. So for some people, it's really obvious. A front squat, writing a book, moving their business online, losing weight, getting in shape, building up their aerobic capacity for a half marathon, whatever it is. Everyone has different versions of that. And it's going to be very obvious for some people. For others, I found it's not. They're like, oh, when they go out of routine, they feel lost. I'm like, the way you stop being lost is like put yourself in a position to be found. Like start listening to podcasts, reading books, following content online that's making you think about, right, I need to set a goal for myself right now. Who am I? yeah like because otherwise you you wander like it's very very easy if you're not that type a personality similar to me and charlie where it's like right we know what our goals are it's like right we're just going to do this pivot over here now because environment and circumstances change i'm going to go from getting bigger and leaner and bodybuilding to you know building my front squat or whatever version i was training for an iron man which i pivoted over to writing my book it's very obvious for type a's to be like right cool we'll just get on to the next goal but there's certain people listening that won't be like that. That's not their um, default position. They don't, they're like, okay, I'm out of routine. What do I do now? I'm like, you have to start, you have to manifest a goal for yourself. Just set it and start working towards it because otherwise you're going to be at risk of being mindlessly going down this path where in three, four months, nothing is compounded positively over time. You know, you might be out of shape. You might put on weight. You might get unfitter. You know, you might be a lot more sluggish. You might ramp up your anxiety from not having done things for months. And you want to guard against that. You know, I love the Charlie Munger quote, you know, tell me where I'm going to die and I just won't go there. I'm like, I'm telling you how you're going to get fucked up over the next three or four months. And that's how you get fucked up. So just be mindful that you guard against that on the front end by setting goals for yourself regularly. And that's my talk about people getting fucked up and people how people are going to go wrong. That's my real concern for the moment is people's mindset and mental health, particularly those who potentially struggle with that a bit because people being locked up in human interaction at an all time low. Like I went out of my like street pretty much for the first time in like 10 days on Saturday to drive to Mark's dispenser to buy some food to make a meal. This is my new hobby. Uh, how, how like 30 year old is that? And then, uh, <laughs> and um, it's adult problems. <laughs> and then uh, it made it felt weird, like leaving the house and like walking around, and because I hadn't done it for so long, and even getting in the car and driving, I was like, this is really. It just felt a bit weird because I'm so used to just being at home and being on my own, well, not on my own, but with my wife and like fairly isolated. Um, 
like do you have any advice for anyone in terms of those who are particularly lonely on their own because one of the things i'm trying to get everyone to do is try and facetime it someone every day or try and have some form of communication uh have you got any tips for anyone in that position um yeah i've got two one is kind of building on what you said that make sure that you factor in some time during the day if you're by yourself that as you said you're with facetiming with somebody and just communicating with someone in the outside world you know if, if that's someone in your house or that you're self-isolating with even better like physical interaction is always good in terms of being in the same room and um, but the other thing i would say there which is kind of a left field one but hopefully people will connect with this is the you know this as someone that trains intensely like you get such a massive endorphin rush from working out like what i've started doing is splitting my workouts into twice a day for, for mental health reasons 100 percent for mental health reasons nothing to do with body composition nothing to do with anything else right now because my mood like i can suffer we had this discussion on on my podcast like both of us have that kind of high anxious state that if we don't look after our mindset we can kind of go into that mental health issue like, where you and me are like twins yeah, it's, it's so like with the exact same. Yeah, you're just the jacked version of you're, you're the jacked <laughs> you're fit when I, you can I'm run. Danny DeVito and Schwarzenegger. I'm the fucking Danny DeVito and Charlie <laughs> Schwarzenegger. Um, but that, but we have that same composition. So I train intentionally now. I've been breaking up my workouts where a workout that would normally take me take me about an hour, an hour and a half to do my workout. I've been splitting those into two 45 minute sessions at opposite ends of the day just to get that endorphin rush twice. And as a result of that, I feel so much better. I've had people in my program doing the same thing. Anyone that has mentioned mental health issues to me, I'm like, try this. I'm like, just try splitting up your workouts. It means that you're, you're leaving some in the tank in the morning. Like this can be hard for people that train at your level or my level where you're used to going balls to the wall in the session. I'm like, leave something in the tank so that you can work out later in the day and get that endorphin rush because that, it's been the saving grace for me um, and I've been doing it I've got people other people to apply it I've talked about it on my channels and if anybody else is listening to this and struggling with the mental health side of things I might just try try that tool because it's a very powerful one in your arsenal just to kind of keep your mood up and keep your endorphin levels high and just keep your mood elevated over the next few weeks next few months what would be an example of like your workout today for example what the way you split that up so today I went for a cycle in the morning. So I did uh, just sprints in the morning. So we're on a two kilometer. I think you're the same um, in Ireland. It's a two kilometers. So you're not allowed to go any further than two kilometers. Um, I'm adhering to that even though I'm in the country. So what I did was I just did one kilometer sprint repeats on a bike. So I took my bike outside. I found a one kilometer stretch of road and I went fast as I could on the sprint. And then I just cycled back slowly again. So I went uh, five sprints. So one kilometer fast as I could, ball to the wall, sprinting, and then just nice and easy, drop the gears right down, cycle back to the starting point, and then sprint it again five times. So that was my morning workout. So nothing too crazy, 30, 35, 40 minutes. And then when we finish this podcast, I'm going to go do a kettlebell workout. So just kettlebells, a mixture of swings, um, a couple of get-ups, some squats, some lunges, and I'm just going to get my heart rate really high. So I'll pick four moves. I'll do 25 reps on each move, and I'll do those four times. So it'll be 100 reps on each one, high-volume stuff. I love high-volume stuff. Um, and that'll be my second workout for today. That's literally what I'm doing. Um, I documented that too. on my. It's on my stories and my highlights for anyone that wants to check them out. I've been putting up everything because... My audience on Instagram, similar to your audience, Charlie, they know you. And my audience know that if I don't look after my mental health, it's something that can decline. And at the start of this entire self-isolation, I said, look, I'm putting up all the workouts I'm doing for anyone that wants some that struggles similar to me or can struggle if you don't look after it. You know, I think a mental health like sweeping the floor, like, you know, you can sweep the floor today and it's fine. But if you don't sweep it every day, it gets worse. You know, my mental health is fine, but I have to stay on top of it. And I've been documenting that on my highlights on Instagram. And it helps. It's like... 
just doing that every single day. And I've, I've taken one rest day. Like, you know, I'm, you can sleep more. Like, this is the, something I've been telling people. I'm like, this is an advantage. Like, I'm a good sleeper anyway. No, I, I rephrase. I'm a crap sleeper. But I can sleep. When I'm asleep, I'm like, I'll stay in bed all day and be yeah. happy with it. But now, instead of getting my normal eight hours, I'm getting nine, ten hours every night. So I'm recovering really, really well. So I don't need the rest days. You know, and I haven't drank coffee in like seven days. I know you're a grand with coffee. You can drink it and go to bed. <laughs> oh, An hour later, I'm like, fuck you, Charlie. But I haven't had coffee in, in, in the last ten days because um, I haven't needed it because the advantage of the lockdown is you can potentially sleep longer and you'll recover better and um, so look after all those things they're all things that are in your control you can't control the statistics out there you can't control all the feedback that you're getting from news media unless you're just uh, you stop watching it but you can control how much sleep you get you can control the meals you're choosing to eat you can control how you're working out so focus on those things and you'll be a lot more happier because of it 100% like Interestingly enough, I think I've said about the last four days in a row. So the guy, uh, my neighbour who I've been working with, actually works for me as one of my coaches, Dan. We've um, been training together. We're basically in the same household anyway, so any self-isolating stuff. We're, we're, like, we haven't seen anyone else other than each other for about 10 days. And, um, like, I don't know why. I've, I've, you know, I'm a very self-aware person, so I know when I'm in a mood. And every day I wake up fine, and probably from about 9 to about 12, I get in a fucking foul mood. And... I can't flip myself out of it, but then I go and work out and it's gone. That's the only way I can find to switch myself when I get into that sort of like mindset where I'm a bit like agitated or anxious or like feeling overwhelmed. That's the only route out to get myself out of that situation. So exactly the same as you, if anyone who's feeling like that, like for me, just going for a walk won't cut it. I have to get my heart rate high (laughs) or like get my, because that's the only way I can distract my focus from other things, if that makes sense. Couldn't agree. I'm the exact same as you. That's why I had to split the workouts into two because I normally go balls to the wall on sessions. So what I do is I'm going balls to the wall, but for a shorter period of time because um, I don't get that mental health endorphin release unless I push it. So, you know, as you said, a walk, a walk isn't worth the fucking shit to me. Like, it always makes it worse because what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's just like a walk is great and, I, and I'll use it as a tool for, you know, if I'm writing a chapter on a book and I'm stuck on a section, you know, for writer's block, I'll go for a walk because that will clear it for me. But it's no good for like my mental health. I need to be pushing the workout to the extreme to get that. Um, and for anyone that's similar, you know, some people are fine and go for a walk and that's what does it for them. But if you're similar to me and Charlie... Yeah, push, push it. And be aware there's nothing wrong with that. Just get your recovery right, get your meal right, and you're going to be able to do that consistently over time. And the self-awareness, as you mentioned, is a really interesting point because the same thing happens to me, but it happens to me later in the day. And I didn't realize until you just said it there, I've been intentionally timing my workouts around that 4 or 5 p.m. time because that's what I will normally get that little bit of a slump mm-hmm. in terms of unless I'm chatting to somebody like you who fucking yeah. lifts me, you know, I can get that little bit of a low because I'm getting tired, I'm getting a bit run down and the workout just like resets that completely. Um, so it's interesting you said that because I didn't realize it until you mentioned it and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's why I'm doing it at that time. Um, that was just completely by, uh, wasn't conscious at all. Yeah. Do you, um, what do you find is the most productive time of day for you, Avinches? What's your daily setup look like then, Brian? Take us through through the master plan. At the minute? Yeah. So at the minute, I have a very kind of set routine at the minute. So I'm getting up, waking up around 7, uh, around 7, quarter past 7, which is late for me. Like I normally get up at 4 or 5 a.m. Um, like that's my normal time. So because of the lockdown, I've been sleeping in. There's no point. Like I, I normally drive to a gym 
and that gym commuters normally listen to a podcast and listen to an audio book. I do an hour in, train for two hours, an hour out, and that's all intentional because it sets up my day. Well, that's gone now. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to stay in bed for another two hours. So I'm getting up around seven. I'm doing my morning workout first thing. So if it's a cycle, if it's a run, if it's Fasted. a weight workout. Huh? Fasted. Fasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fasted. Well, one of the things I've, um, I've started doing as well, Charlie, and we talked about this on previous podcasts because I do time-restricted eating anyway yeah. just because it helps me for endurance events, etc. But I've been really rigid with this during the lockdown because – if anyone else, I'm not sure if you're the same as me, and there's definitely people listening who are the same as me, that they can board a meet. Where when you're out of normal routine, yeah, you're, so I can see your face, you definitely do it too. Like where you're bored of meeting, you're out of normal routine, and you can just be picking all day. And what I've had to do to counteract against that, and what I've advised people to do if they're similar to me, is have a time-restricted window and be really strict with that. So I'm trying not to eat before 9 a.m. So regardless of how hungry I am, regardless of how I'm feeling, I'm trying not to eat before 9 a.m. And I'm trying to have my last meal at 5 p.m. And so if I'm starving you know, at 8 p.m. or if I'm starving at 7 a.m. the next day, I try and hold off because otherwise I end up stretching that window and that doesn't really suit me because I'll start picking all day and I'll be eating all day. And so I'm training fast at that first workout. I'm then coming home and I'm normally doing like my, a little bit of creative work. I'm doing a lot of work, stuff on TikTok at the minute. Um, yeah, so one, one of my goals on my whiteboard is to build up my TikTok. And I might so have to add that to my board as well. You're making my list bigger, Brian. Uh, yeah, I'm like, shit, sorry. Uh, I was like, the last thing it needs is like, oh, there we go, 22, 23, 34. <laughs> um, but I'm building TikTok. So I'm putting out my TikTok content in the morning. Um, then it's normally kind of full coming into that around nine o'clock. Like I have a sauna in my house, so I might do 20 minutes in the sauna when I come in from my first morning workout and then I'll either eat or I'll start writing. So depending on how I'm feeling, sometimes I write better fasted. Sometimes I write better when I've eaten. It just depends on the time of day. So I'll start writing and I'll try and do all my morning creative work. Um, and then after that, I'll do any email work or any DMs on Instagram. Then I'll go back to my mum and dad's house. And my sister is home from, she lives in Newcastle, but she's home obviously for the lockdown, So which is great. So I'll go back to them for lunch. So I'll spend an hour, an hour and a half back at my mum and dad's house with my sister. And I'll come back then over in the evening and I'll do any other tasks that need to be finished. I'll send out the, what I've been doing with the book is I've been writing it in chapter sections. So I've been sending out sample chapters to my email list. So just to kind of see what flies, it's my way of testing what I'm going to put in the new book. And so I've been coming over, I've been editing that writing and then sending it out to my email list. And then by 5, 6 p.m., I'll go back, I'll have my last meal back at my mom and dad's um, and I'll stay back there for the evening. I'll read, I'll chill out with them. We've been playing board games and doing like family shit, which has been awesome. Um, and then I'll come back over and I'm in bed by about 9 p.m. And it looks kind of like that, like every day since. Um, one of the only disruptions I've had, which has been, have been the only difficult thing, but I'm trying not to focus on it is because my daughter is nearly five. Me and my, her mom are together. And so we're doing 14 days in each because of the quarantine. So she's with me now from tomorrow, which I'm fucking stoked about. I can't wait. Uh, but she's been with her mum for the last 14 days. And, and then we're doing 14, 14, and 14, just doing 14 days with each instead of, uh, because we normally do half and half. And we're doing uh, 14 days on each now during this period. So that's been difficult. But again, you can't focus on that. Like I, I, I'd cry in a fucking corner if I thought about that. So I just focus on work, focus on the things I can do. And then you'll see next week, I'll be doing way less work because I'll be playing fucking, like I set up a trampoline, you know, all this other <laughs> shit. I got like kids Monopoly that we're going to play. Um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. How about you? What's your, what's your day-to-day looking like? Uh, I would say similar to be fair. I'm trying... I'll be sure. I'm trying to get myself out of bed really early because I've written this massive task list. 
I'm spending a lot of time at creative work in the morning, like building websites. And I've been trying to, I don't know why I'm really struggling to get up at the moment. I've been trying to set my alarm for six o'clock to then get straight into like building stuff. But realistically, yeah, it's, the alarm's going off at six and I'm getting up at like 6.30, 6.45. So I'll probably do some work for about two hours and then I'll have my first meal and then I'll go for a walk with my wife for an hour. And then generally I'll probably take a couple of calls with clients, do some like project work, more websites and stuff. And then I'll probably, uh, I would normally either train or make content at probably like lunchtime for probably two hours. And then the rest of the afternoon would either be calls, podcasts, other worky bits and pieces. And I try and do that up until about seven o'clock in the evening, eight o'clock, and then call it a day then and watch something on like Netflix or Walking Dead or something like that to try and chill out. Oh, I'm all over the Walking Dead recently. I, I got up as far as season seven and then I'm like, right, okay, I, I've chilled out then. Um, what are you watching on Netflix at the minute? Uh, the latest version of Narcos. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? I literally, I stopped my Netflix. This has nothing to do with the coronavirus. Apologies for everyone listening. But I, I stopped my Netflix for about two months. I'm like, I'm not watching fucking Netflix. I don't use it. And then I'm like, shit, new seasons in Narcos, Mexico. And I'm like, right, sign back up. And I've been back on it since. Uh, I binged that. I finished that in two days. I couldn't stop watching it. Um, so you've got more self-control than me because... I, I literally only got two days out of that new season. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that that is a slippery slope for a lot of people. I think get lured into things like Netflix in some respects. Like I've got a very addictive personality, so like, unfortunately, that's probably why I control myself to not watching it during the day. If that makes sense, so like, I'll only watch it in the evening when I'm tired. So I can't really not not I can't really work then, but I'm not very good at focusing then. So that's why, same as you, anything complex, I try to do first thing in the day. Because then I find I get uh, left to my own devices a little bit more and try and I find it easier to concentrate. Um, I don't know if you find it as well. I find from a mental clarity point of view that I focus much better when I haven't eaten anything. Yeah. Um, like if I just have black coffee and just sit and work, my brain is so much more focused on the task at hand. As soon as I start eating, my brain seems to start like losing focus and I end up drifting task to task, almost bouncing around. Yeah, well, one of the, and again, I'm far from a neuroscientist or anything near on that, but any of the studies I ever read is always about the, the obviously the blood and the good digestion mm. when, you're, when you need that mental acuity and focus in your brain. Um, up until recently, I would have always written on an empty stomach. I wrote my first two books on an empty stomach and all my writing career for the last two, 2017 was my first book. I've always written on an empty stomach and it's only now that I've made the switch um, and it's been going fine. I've not been struggling with it, uh, but I would be similar to you. For, and if you, had you asked me two months ago, I would have been like, yeah, I would never write having eaten something or do anything that's mentally demanding having food in my stomach. Um, but I seem to be doing okay with it now. I think it's the time restricted eating and I'm okay. Uh, but it's an interesting one because your brain just doesn't fire as quickly and mental tasks are just, you know, just I, for me, I find them normally a lot more difficult to do. Something that would take you 10 minutes is taking you 30 minutes, you know, whereas yeah. if you just do that faster with coffee, you'd bang it out in 10. And that's something like I'm very aware of now is like when to call it a day work-wise, right? Like there's all well and good working all hours and the God sends, but you know sometimes when you're just not being productive and if I can't focus, I just think we'll just leave this for now. Like do you set yourself windows of like, I have up until 11 o'clock, I'm going to do as much of the book as I can and then we'll leave that till tomorrow? Yeah, always, religiously. And I've done that for probably 18 months, nearly two years, um, I would always have a, a window of time that I'm working within. Like I j normally do, so we, we split our day slightly different in terms of tasks. You have your three things. What I do is I have a one thing that I have and then I've got a to-do list. So that's normally three or four things. But my one thing is the thing that I need to get done 
today in order for today to be a success. Whatever that one thing is, normally it's writing a chapter of a book or writing a section of a book, recording a podcast, etc. But I focus on that one thing. So that's normally the thing I do first when I have it within my control. Assuming it's not an interview or something like that, it's, it's always the first thing I'll do. And then my to-do list I'll do later on in the day. But my brain switches off. I can only get... I, get, I can get about, if you really pushed me, I could get about four hours of good work in a day. But outside of that, I can't. Like, you know, the rest is I, like... I can make content and film and do yeah. other stuff like that, but I can't sit a, a laptop doing more than three, four hours because my brain just fries itself. Yeah, exactly the same. And I think, I say that to people sometimes, and I think you're probably the same, Charlie, where people be like, is that all you do? It's like, geez, I know people that'll do way more oh, than that. I'm I'll like, do more in four hours than they will in 12 hours. Like, there you go. Be busy versus being productive. I'm like, yeah. they're two very fucking different things. Like being busy means you have a lot to do. Being productive means you're getting a lot of things done. And also, even if you were only doing an hour every day, that's five hours over a work week. That's 20 hours over a month. That's a lot of hours over the space of a year, five years, etc. of concentrated work and consistency. Mm-hmm. Like, being consistent with that. Um, and I think self-awareness, as you said, pulling it back, when do you work best? Like I'm a terrible worker in the evenings. Yeah, like, I can't concentrate. Can't concentrate. Just can't. And yet there's other people who are the opposite. You know, they'll come into gear and come into life at 5 p.m. where 5, 6 p.m. Like unless I am absolutely pushed to my max, I will not record a podcast after 5 p.m. You know, sometimes I'll go five to six. And then once we go into that window of time, my brain just isn't working as quickly as it would normally. It's always better in the morning, early day. And if that's one of the beauties of working for yourself, having your own business, et cetera, means you can control that. I know that's not for everybody, but even people that are working in factories, but especially people working at home now on lockdown, I'm like, work in your productive times. Work whenever you find you get Listen to your body. Listen to your body. Like you don't have to do your fucking nine to five now. You're not in the office. <laughs> like, you know, no one will know. Yeah, like, that's it. Like do whatever suits you better now. I'm like, if you're better at fucking 6 p.m., I'm like, yeah, do all your work from six to nine. I'm like, and chill the fuck out during the day. You know, if that's what works best for you, you know, you can't do that. You don't have that luxury in a nine to five job Monday to Friday, but you can do it now. Um, and that's, you know, frees up time for other things. So use, that's another thing that you could do right now. If you wanted to challenge that and, because we, we get conditioned. That's why I fucking hated the nine to five. I'm like, I'm, li- I'm literally the worst in those times. I'm like, I get a little bit of a second wind around 4 p.m. to about six. Same. And I'm really good from like seven to nine. And then like when you're sitting down at a desk or when I was teaching. Mid-morning, mid-afternoon, I'm like off with the fairies. Like. I'm like, man, if you didn't give me a coffee. And like, what well, used to happen to me, I'm not sure if everyone else is the same. Like, you know, I, I process coffee not as well as you. But I would have a coffee at like 2 p.m. when I was teaching because I'd be teaching to about a half three when I used to work as a teacher. And I'm like, there was no way I was getting through that afternoon session without a coffee. I'm like, I can't handle fucking 30, 11 and 12 year olds shouting at me for fucking science or for whatever. I'm like, I just can't. So I'd have my coffee, but then I wouldn't be able to sleep because I tried to go to bed at nine or 10 and some of it would still be in my system. Um, and you just have this negative feedback loop. So it's a cycle because the next day you're tired and you have more caffeine and then it like exasperates. Or exasperates. Oh, just constantly chasing the dragon. hundred percent, hundred percent. In terms of like, mindset and habits what would you say is the biggest thing people should try and focus on for the next few weeks probably 
very similar to what we've been talking about, controlling things that are within your control. And I think getting clear on... Don't stress about the uncontrollable. Yes. And getting on the front end, getting clear on all the things, even if you have to make a list on a fool's cap page, all the things that are in your control and all the things that are outside of your control. Because when you're getting bombarded with news information and you're scared or you're fearful or you're anxious, like rational thinking goes out the window. Like we're, you know, at the end of the day, we're still just an evolved fucking species of ape that have, you know, evolved the frontal cortex. Like we, we get anxious, we get fearful, we get into that primitive state. And that means you're not thinking. So you're confusing the things that are in your control with the things that aren't in your control. So if you have to make a list of that, by all means, do that on the front end. Things in your control, your diet, your training, how you lay out your day, sleep. your routine, your sleep, your family time, all in your control, not in your control. A vaccine, when coronavirus is going to be fixed, when you go back to work, all these things, they're not in your control. The news media, watching all of that, you're not there. Like you can't control what anybody else is putting out there. So get clear on that and put a small portion of your day to the things that are on the outside of your control. If you want to stay informed, by all means, 20% of your day, 10 minutes in the morning, whatever you want to do, but spend 80, 90% of your day focusing on things that are in your control and making sure that those positive decisions that you're making are compounding positively over time. Like you have, as you said there, so much opportunity now. We've talked about it countless times. Like, what do you want to do now? Like, what, if I told you, just to put a complete different spin on this, if I told you, Charlie, you're going to get an extra fucking three hours every single day, your day is going from 24 hours to 27 hours. Like, You'd be like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. I got another three hours, deadly. I'm like, that's the reality, though, really. That's the reality. I'm like, you now have extra hours in the day that you didn't have before. I'm like, so what would you have done if I told you four months ago, I'm giving you an extra three hours in your day? I'm waving a magic wand, and your day is going to go from 24 hours to 27 hours. What would you do in those extra three hours? Would you, would you sleep? Then fucking have more sleep. You know, would you learn a new skill? Go learn a new skill. Would you learn a language? Go learn a language. Would you train more? Then go train more. You have, you have the equivalent of that right now. And don't let fear and anxiety and uncertainty cloud that because you, have, you can make those changes now with that extra time and stay focused on that because when you do, I guarantee you're going to be better when this whole thing is over. 100%. 100%. I think it's a huge amount of value. And I think the biggest take-home point I think I'd say to everyone is just set yourself an action plan for every day and every week with a list of goals because that will give you focus and clarity so that you have some sort of a plan to work towards. Whereas if you've got no clarity, uh, sorry, clarity, focus, or any plan, you just end up drifting through the day and through the week and almost mindless in that respect. And that's what brings the anxiety because you don't know what direction you're going in or where you're going. But when you've got a clear route of, okay, I'm, I'm here, I'm going from A to B during this window, this is my goal, this is what I want to try and achieve, and these are the hurdles I need to jump over during that phase, then that almost rem- removes a lot of the anxiety by taking action towards those goals. What would be the one thing you would say to somebody that wants to get started tracking their goals over the next while? What would you say to them? Would you tell them to write something down? Yeah. Would you tell them to talk to a friend? Would you tell them to get a coach? What, what would be your process? What would be the one thing you'd be like for the people that are like, don't know where to start. There's so much out there. Shit, what am I going to do? What's the one tip or advice that you'd offer them? Uh, I'd probably break it down to, I know you said one, but i break it down to three. So first one would be, uh, to write it down, like I would highly suggest getting a high performance planner from like a business or a fitness point of view, just to write down from a mindset point of view, like like putting down these are the goals of what I want to achieve today, this week. And then it gives you the opportunity to look back and reflect, which is hugely valuable for building your own self-confidence when you actually achieve those goals. 
And then secondly, would be to vocalize your goals and what you want to try and achieve. So like, you don't necessarily even have to tell people, but like, as we both said, we've got big whiteboards with like, this is what I want to do. And almost the action of writing something on there of like, I want to do X, Y, Z. And then when you put a line or a tick through it, like I've done that, how satisfying is that feeling? That's so cool. nice. It's like that mini orgasm feeling. I'm like, I can't believe a macro pin has given me this. Yeah. Getting that green pen out is the fucking dream. And then, um, yeah, and the third one would be getting accountability and support. So whether that's from a coach or your partner, have someone in your corner to give you support because now more than ever, like people need guidance and support. And from my side of things, that's the thing I'm trying to provide to more, like my clients more than ever now. Like with like tomorrow morning, for example, we're having another group call at 11 o'clock in the morning, which is more of like a, a social chat to a degree where I just want to ask everyone, like, what's the big thing you've learned this week? What's the big uh, new thing you're trying every single day? bit like we talked about earlier so like for me it's like trying cooking different things i'm trying to like prove front squatting have some specific goals and have to be fitness or orientated learn a language like these are the keys to keeping yourself like positive like and coming out this situation as a better person than you were going into it because as you said we've now got an extra two three hours a day i have a serious question probably the most serious question of this whole podcast does this (laughs) mean in does this mean in four months that you're going to turn into a crossfitter (laughs) <laughs> uh, to be fair i i'm getting lured a little bit because i'm naturally incredibly competitive and i like trying new things and because i feel i'm progressing quite quickly i i'm getting lured that way a little bit so i i'm going to try some of the crossfit workouts and stuff but i um it's a completely different ter- term of like training stimulus and i like i like that and i like the functionality and the, the athleticism behind it so like for me it's almost I'm, I think I'm probably going to end up transitioning myself a little bit more from like bodybuilding aesthetics. I want to maintain and improve my physique, but have more of an uh, athletic uh, like ability, if that makes sense. Because as a, when I was younger, I was more of an athlete and I now suddenly realize I'm not as functional as I perhaps was before. And I always want to bring that back uh, like as much as I can. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's a slippery slope. You start with the front squats, that's how they get you in. Go <laughs> <laughs> say to all the girls. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's, it's a great training style. Like I joke, like functional bodybuilding is the king. You know, I have a CrossFit box I train in the odd time. My sister's a big CrossFitter. Um, and I'm like, I love CrossFit. You know, I'm a big fan, just not the stupid shit. I'm like, yeah, yeah don't yeah. Get max weight over your head, four reps, gravity and it'll fall on your head and you'll crush yourself. That's, you're not going to win that battle. But the Metcons, the high-intensity workouts, they're all awesome. Um, and they're just a different training stimulus. So, uh, yeah, there we go. You're going to move away from bodybuilding into CrossFit. I'm like, watch CrossFit Games, watch out. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. To be fair, that would be a cool goal. Like, you, you planted a seed now. I'm bad when people, people do this to me. They tee me up for stuff. The other, the other thing, uh, like Coach Jeremy who works for me, he's doing his first powerlifting competition in June or July and obviously providing what's going on with him, stuff at the moment. I don't think it's going to be happening, but I was getting lured in towards doing that. But I'd probably be better CrossFit, to be honest with you. I'm a bit uh, bit long-limbed for like powerlifting. I've not really got the right, um, right frame for that. Yeah, you do well in CrossFit because you've got, you've got that structural build. It was just, as you said, a little bit of mobility work and you'd probably transition really well into it. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Like progression is addictive, whether that's in the gym, fitness, business, mindset, relationships, everything. Like I just love trying new things and learning. And as soon as I get a little bit of success with anything, like I want to try again. I want to go again. I want to go again. So it's like it's fun. And that's the same for anyone who's listening. Like try something new, and then when you find 
like you've improved at it, you'll be like, shit, I want to do more. I want to play the guitar more. I want to learn more Spanish. I want to, and that, that will progress and expand your mind. And that's the key to keeping you positive in this scenario. Um, and as we said, just keep evolving and coming out better out of this place. Cause it's, it's an opportunity to be said to like, whatever the Chinese proverb you said, it was, it's a danger and an opportunity it is an opportunity. If you look at it with a glass half full mindset. Yeah. I've, I literally, I've, I've mentioned that quote to so many people over the last week or so. I'm like, it's something I focus on all the time. I think it's the most applicable thing now that Chinese, that, that, that word is literally split into two points into danger and opportunity. We know the danger. Now it's time to focus on the opportunity. 100%, 100%. All right, we'll start to wrap things up there, Brian. So thank you so much for uh, jumping onto the podcast. Uh, one quick question. What is the name of the book you're writing? Because I haven't asked you yet. And when is it going to be released? Um, I, the working title is, I have it here beside me, The Mindset Paradox, Why Training Yourself to Do Difficult Things Makes Life Easier. But it, it, that's the working title. That could change 10 okay. times between now and then. Uh, realistically, it's not going to be out until... Definitely not till next year, 2021. If not 2022, it depends. Um, just because Rewire Your Mindset, my newest book, just came out a couple of months ago. Um, That's so, awesome read, by the way. So thank, uh, you. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm working on it now. I hadn't planned to start writing on this book till September, um, but obviously it got moved forward. And I go through a lot of iterations of my writing. I do lots of drafts. So the book, the first draft of my books never look like the finished product because um, I have to go back. I check them. I'm like, I kill my darlings. I'm big on the Stephen King, kill your darlings. Like if it's not adding value, the sentence, the structure, the chapter, just get rid of it, take it out. Um, so that's my writing stuff. Here's, here's a phrase that I, I think I read in a book last week. I read two books. When I, I nearly got stuck in Canada. Um, and it's like the worst phrase in any sentence in, in business is good enough. Nothing yeah. should ever be good enough. And I, I keep reminding myself, like, slow down because I tend to rush stuff. Perfect, make everything amazing, like 10 out of 10. Don't just rush stuff to tick it off. It's, it's, it's such a great process to live by. And one of the, just to, again, I'm not sure how helpful it is, but down the line when you have books out, et cetera, and people listening to this, like, I have to come back to it with fresh eyes every couple of months. That's why my writing books takes a few months. Because when I look, when I write a first draft, if I leave it for three months, I can come back and look at it with fresh eyes and then it's easier to kill my darlings. It's easier to make sure that it's one of the principles. I actually didn't get that much from this book, but it's a great book for people who need it. Like make it so good that they can't ignore it. Like that's how I try and write my books. I'm like, just even if the marketing was crap, even if everything was rubbish, if the book is so good, people won't be able to ignore it. And I try and apply that philosophy in my writing. 100%. That's a... some solid advice to be put forward to any business or activity I think out there. So it's um, the quality of what you do rather than just the quantity. Yeah. Yeah. You can do both. Great. <laughs> yeah. You're killing the game then. But, uh, yeah. If, if you can do that, drop me a message. I want to find out how. We'll keep <laughs> So we'll wrap things up there, Brian. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to chat as always. And you've lifted my mood and mindset as always. I'm sure you lift it to everyone else who's listened to the podcast. So anyone who's enjoyed this, please uh, share myself and Brian uh, on your stories on Facebook, Instagram. And I'll be entering uh, whoever does share the podcast into a competition to win a free place on my next Shred and 8 Sculpt and 8 program, which will be a home, home workout variation for obvious reasons. Um, so pleasure as always, Brian, and hope to catch up with you soon. Thanks so much again. Yes, dude.